Today on CityCast Denver. In 1923, the Black Hills of South Dakota were a pristine wilderness, sacred to the indigenous people in the area and not making anyone any money. The state historian Doan Robinson decided to change that. What if we took one of those giant mounds of granite, he said, and make it into something profitable, a tourist destination that could attract people from all over the country. He hired a sculptor who took one look at the granite and said, America will march across that skyline. That sculptor's carvings of four old white guys have towered over the Black Hills ever since, offering industrious South Dakotans a golden opportunity to sell t-shirts and commemorative tchotchkes to carloads of happy tourists. So today, me and Bree and a special guest are taking a look at Denver and asking, whose faces should march across our skyline? Who would be on Denver's Mount Rushmore? And just like America, this episode has some explicit moments. Today is Friday, August 19th, 2022. I'm Paul Caroli, and this is CityCast Denver. Welcome back to CityCast Denver, the show about the capital of the state with the worst cocaine problem in the country. <laughs> Did you know that, Ben? I didn't. Now you know. No, I did not know that we had access to extracurricular activities like that, that yeah. strongly. Yeah. Or, yeah, that, that's well, the connection. It's true. Although I, I saw that on the, the subreddit the other day and someone commented, they were like, yeah, it's weird how this uh, survey shows that all the states with the uh, lenient drug laws have people responding that they do drugs. <laughs> So maybe it's a reporting yeah. issue. Yeah. Like who's reporting? I'm doing cocaine today. Mm -hmm. I mean, like to be 100, I think like, you know, we need to go ahead and like decriminalize all drugs. Yeah. Uh, to the amount of obviously for personal use because you're criminalizing people who have drug problems. Yeah. yeah so. I feel you. That's well, another podcast, though. No, no. I mean, I love it. I love it. We're coming out with fire here, Ben. Let me introduce you so we can put a name on that take. We have a special guest today. You may remember his voice from our Denver accent episode. He's an e artist. Bud. He's an events producer. He's a political operative. Uh, man, I got a lot of different things underneath my belt, man. You know, uh, I'll say activist, organizer, MC, poet. I am now a new Denver commissioner uh, for the Denver Arts and Venues Board, you know, cultural affairs. Hell yeah. Uh, I've been a city council uh, aide. aide. I worked at the DMV in, in Five Points. <laughs> you know the city. Yeah, man. You know. Ben Chavez, welcome to the show. What's cracking, everybody? <laughs> We're so happy you're here. Hey, right, man. I'm happy to be here, you know. Well, let's dig into it. It's Friday. We're talking about the news. We're in the Lindy Zimmer studio. Bree is obviously here, of course, as well. Hello. I thought we'd do something a little bit different to start the show. Instead of just diving into a big story, we're going to get to something fun later. But I thought I just want to throw some headlines from the week at you, stuff we haven't talked about yet this week. Um, mm -hmm. These are like interesting, interesting stories. I want to hear what you two have to say. Okay. Um, so first up, this week, Congress passed a major piece of climate legislation, hundreds of millions of dollars in energy investments that are supposed to cut greenhouse gas emissions by nearly 40% by 2050. Um, and surprisingly, the guy who they say is responsible for brokering the deal is our senator, former Denver mayor, the man they call Frackenlooper, John Hickenlooper. What do you think? Chicken pooper? <laughs> I think he called himself 
Hoopin Scooper at one point when he was running for president. That was my the favorite one. Man, you know. I called him the man that brought the banjo to the gentrification party. <laughs> wow. So no. he, did, he did this climate deal. That's cool, though, right? I mean, but then you got to go ahead and like look at that bill. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? To like, it, 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 it's lost the in, the in the details. The devil's in yeah. the details, friends. Like, you know, I want to see the fiscal note. I want to go ahead and know. There's there's tons because the thing is is like you're thinking oh yeah you know sun panels and I'm like the fuck out of here man like I'm sorry about that folks um, it's it's the devil's in the details man and and the thing is is like you're you're definitely people get excited you know what I mean like oh windmills and that and this and that you know but like you got to make sure that there's um, concrete change and i always tell people that you're not going to see any the climate change or any effect in climate if you don't go if you if you keep con, uh, looking focusing on the consumer side of things you know what i mean mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you know you that's not like me putting a plastic bottle in like you know the recycling bin and all that yeah it may help and honestly i don't think it does at all I'm just going to be completely transparent. Okay, next up. Aurora's new conservative majority city council this week discussed a new proposal to spend public dollars on an advertising campaign encouraging the people of Aurora to not give money to panhandlers and instead give money to organizations that support people experiencing homelessness. Bree, you want to start on that one? I. This is why people don't like the government. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are they doing? You know how much money it costs to put up a billboard? This isn't cheap. Mm-hmm. So why are they not putting that money towards housing, towards transitional housing, towards services, towards just actually helping people with what they need, getting their bills paid, whatever that looks like? Like, come on, Aurora. It's embarrassing enough that your mayor cosplayed as a homeless person, that you then went mm. on to pass a camping ban after you've watched Denver squirm for 12 years with this horrible policy that has done nothing but harm our citizens and our city. And you guys are going to take it one step further by advertising how stupid you are? Give me a break. Bennett, anything to add there? Yeah, I mean, totally. Like, you're looking at people spending money on an advertisement campaign that could be getting uh, our unhoused neighbors direct services maybe we don't need to hand money to folks at stoplights if we were utilizing dollars properly to get people access to resources, you know? It's pretty simple. And and it's quite simple. I also just want to say, I know there are progressive folks on the council in Aurora. It Mm -hmm. is not the entire body. And I know that they are doing as much work as they can to fight policies like this. But Kaufman is mayor. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. What are you What are you going to do? What are you going to do? All right, next up. Uh, e-bikes continue to be the talk of the town. Oh Everyone my God. I know. <laughs> OMG. Yeah, have you ridden one? No, but my wife just got one out there. But, <laughs> um, you know, what What about e-bikes? You know what I mean? Like, I honestly completely am going to be 100. Like, I don't know about the, the rebate program. So uh, I think you get a couple hundred bucks or a stipend kind of thing if you're going to go get one. Would you trade... A, your car a couple days a week for an e-bike. <clears throat> <laughs> Completely no. <laughs> Again, 
on the consumer side of climate, like advocating, you know, my, I got a, I got, yo, I got a, this is a loaded question. All right. Praise the Lord. Um, <laughs> you know, so my, my take on this with e-bikes and bike lanes and like all of these different things, like, um, no one in my ears have talked about it coming from a person of color's lens mm. and access. So therefore, like, I don't want to hear it until you start talking about bike access programs and getting communities of color bikes. And you start talking about uh, our our neighbors that are transitioning from prison to community and getting them bike access and them access to RTD lines and them access to uh, bike lanes. I don't want to hear about it. And the thing is, is that, you well, know, ben, I got to, I got to stop you here uh, because the climate office that put out these rebates, they did, uh, they did give okay, more money cool. to people who have, who qualify Good. for some low income status. The, and, and, and like, you know, God bless, you know what I mean? Like, I'm glad to hear that there's an effort, but the situation is, is that I look at bike lanes, like, like, like Christopher Columbus paths to gentrifying people's neighborhoods. Mm. You're like, Oh look, dear, there's the new Navaria. You know what I mean? Like, and then we can go get an Elote. The thing is, is that you're dealing with like, when you start looking at a city like Denver, it's not Chicago, it's not New York. You know, those cities were built with public transit interwoven into the fabric. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to walk it back. You cannot walk it back, right? Because you have single family dwelling units, you have like huge city-like blocks, like it's not walkable. I mean, you go to New York, I clock three, 30 miles in three days. And the reason why is because I can get on the public transit, I can get off the public transit, I can go to the bodega, I can go to like, everything's bam, 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 bam. So you, you think it's mean? just a lost cause here? I mean, I think it's, it, I mean, we're going for denser, denser development. Everybody's trying to build up. You know what I mean? Like you're starting to see it. There's the River Mile project. Like, you know, there's the Sun Valley, you know, like uh, project with Denver Housing Authority. You know, it's trying to get denser. You know, I mean, we're trying to get next to public uh, public transit and hubs of transportation. But it's it's. It's gonna. It's be hard old. to retrofit. It's gonna be. It's city. hard to retrofit a city. Like, yeah, it's not impossible. I don't think, but it takes a. It takes a lot. I'm going to say it's going to take at least 50 years to like yeah. 100 years to go ahead and build that. So, Well, the good news is yeah. by that time, we'll have 40% less uh, emissions thanks to this new climate bill, right? And then 40%. We just, and, then we just won't, and then we just won't be here, you know? Like, yep. All right. That's enough of that. All right. All right. We're going to take a short break and then we're going to come back for a little game, I guess. Yeah. Little game. Games. I like to play games. think about how to introduce this the game that you just created it's like um we've been kicking around this idea yeah, of yeah. creating a denver's version of mount rushmore mm -hmm. like who represents the city of denver past present and future and so we each have four folks that we would like to put up for debate mm -hmm. and then we're going to decide who would be the four people on denver's version of mount rushmore Mm -hmm. Just wow. carve up the flat irons or continue to. I think kidding. that's a perfect place to start talking about it because where to put it, I think, dictated how I thought about my picks. Oh, okay. I didn't think about it till literally oh, just really? now. Okay. Because I don't think it could be in the city because, you know, Mount Rushmore, the real Mount Rushmore is in some 
rural area, right? Yeah, you know, that's just taking indigenous people's lands and put white people's faces on it. I know. That's what <laughs> well, that's another conversation we're going to have to have here is how the old white guy problem with the original Mount Rushmore and how yes. many old white guys. And how it came on. to be. And Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry. No, that's that's a big problem with it. Well, what do you think? I mean, when you were thinking about this, Ben, how did did your list? Did you have too many old white guys? Did you start to feel overwhelmed by them? No, not at all. You know what I mean? Like, I had like a serious version and a fun version. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and like you know, like and one thing is also like as a man, like I am definitely trying to be aware of not trying to like only have men on this Mount Rushmore, but. Like, I was really, like, racking my brain. I'm like, who who are we going to put up there? You know what I mean? And, like... It's hard. I, I, like, and then I was like, all right, cool. Like, Cleo Parker Robinson, right? And then, <laughs> like, you know, the queen of the dance, mm-hmm. you know? And then I was going to say, all right, cool, Bra- Bruce Randolph. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, and then, Daddy Bruce. Daddy yeah. Bruce. And then Corky Gonzalez. You yep. know what I mean? And uh, I couldn't come up with a fourth. You know what I mean? But, like, my fun one... Was Blinky the Clown. He was also on my list of uh, fun ones. Robot Mike. <gasps> From the 16th Street Mall. Uh, uh, Dylan Doug. <laughs> Who's Dylan Doug? Dylan I Doug? I don't know that name. Okay, he's our local car dealership guy. I may or may not have known someone who may or may not have sold cocaine to him. And then Jake Jabs. And then Jake Jabs. Jake Jabs. You know, American I Furniture him once. Warehouse. You did? I did, yeah. Talked to him on the phone. How was that? Uh, he's a, he's a, he was an old man. That's all. That's all. I, there's he didn't really have much personality. He told the same stories he's told everyone a million times, and uh, I had to listen to him that time. I don't know. I like my fun one. That's pretty good. You had another one though when we were talking off the cuff uh, before this. Ben, yesterday you said uh, a Nuggets player that you oh Dikembe Montumbo. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Why Dikembe over all the other Nuggets players? Because Dikembe is my favorite man. I met him when I was a kid at Big I was like. I, at Big Mac, like he like I, I rolled up on him when he was in his Jeep Wrangler and he was like sitting in the back seat. He okay. had he like because he's so tall, like he had to remove his front seat. <laughs> so he was driving his car from his back seat and he like he signed like signed my basketball. And like I always liked that like era of the nuggets because it was like during my childhood. But then it was like also the maroon and navy blue like era of the nuggets. You know what I mean? So yeah. Hmm. Like, you mentioned uh, Big Mac too for folks that don't know that's McNichols Arena. Arena. Okay. Okay. Long demolished prior to Ball I, Arena. We so have Big Mac. Did you know that they cut it in half and they buried it? What? McNichols Arena? I know, never mind. Sorry, I got that wrong. That was the other st- So Was it the, the Bears? It was stadium? the Mile High Stadium. Oh, the Mile High. So that they cut they cut they they buried it. So like anything that's 50 per, at the 50 yard line in north uh will not be developed because it's buried. Like and anything. I don't understand. What do you mean buried? The old stadium. They is, dug up the ground and is, put it in there. It's like cut in half and buried. Like so, anything that's like at the fifty yard line and south can be like developed, but anything north, like and you can fact check that because there's like, an old half stadium under the ground. the ground. Yeah. Yep. So okay, that's crazy. <laughs> I didn't know that. I think we've got an under. We've we're, we're getting a theme here of underground Denver. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. Paul was wondering about the underground tunnels at Cherry Creek. Mm-hmm. Or what I, about the underground tunnels here in the in the Capitol? Oh and yeah, the, I have heard city about the county building. Have yeah. you seen those, Ben? Maybe, may or may not. Hey, man. What you don't know? Sure. I don't know. Okay, I may or may have not wandered into the basement on a break. <laughs> you know? um, Bree, you want to go next? Who's on your uh, Denver Mount Rushmore? 
Uh, okay. Philip Bailey, singer, songwriter, percussionist with Earth, Wind, and Fire. Grew up in Denver, went to East High School, mm, East went Angels. to Metro, went to DRCU. He's won seven Grammys. That's, That's a lot of Grammys. amazing. And I mean, Earth, Wind, and Fire is one of my favorite bands of all time. Um, they just have this like energy that no other band I've ever seen live have. And I think uh, acknowledging our music history is important. And Philip Bailey's awesome. Uh, I also had Corky Gonzalez on my list, a political organizer, activist, huge in the crusade for justice. Um, one of the reasons that we talk about and acknowledge and work with the fact that we had a Chicano civil rights movement that still continues today. You may know him as a the name on a library, but he was an actual person here in Denver. He's an East Sider. Um, Can we stop on Corky for a second? Because I have Corky Gonzalez too, and it seems like we might oh. have to have him up there. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Ben, I know you're organizing an event this weekend that I'm sure he would have attended if he was he was still around. Do you want to say more about Corky Gonzalez? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, you worked for Servicio de la Raza, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I actually, I, I had the honor and privilege of working at Servicio de la Raza. And uh, his son, uh, you know, Rudy uh, is, is the executive director there. And I always call him Uncle Rudy because uh, he's he's just a funny guy. You know what I mean? Like, he's he's an amazing leader. And he's taught me a lot, you know, mm. about, about the movement and about working in community. And it, it was just a privilege to work there. Like one thing that I had though with a beef with D Denver Public Library is that <laughs> I went like so I went to, you know, the Corky Gonzalez Library and I was all, do y'all have Corky's book? <laughs> they didn't have one copy of. <laughs> it should like be on Yo display Joaquin, on Yo Soy Joaquin. You know what I mean? Like so I was like, oh y'all ain't got on Yo Soy Joaquin up in there. <laughs> I was like, cool. So I had to go to Tatter Cover to get my copy of Yo Soy Joaquin. But. <laughs> Bringing that back, yeah. uh, you know, we're, we're looking at La Raza Park Day coming up on August 21st from uh, 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. Uh, bring out your family, bring out your awalita and your lady and your lowrider, man, you know, or your partner and your lowrider. And uh, we're going to have luchadors and we're going to have bouncy castles and uh, the Latin Soul Party is going to be there. You know, DJ Ricky O from KDKO oh. and all of his, uh, all of the team on Latin Soul Party. And uh, uh, Grupo Tlaloc is going to do the Bless Us with a Prayer and Danzante. And then also we're going to have uh, curanderas there smudging people and uh, doing smoke medicine and giving people limpias. So it's just a beautiful day to be brown. It's a beautiful day to share our culture and have everybody come in Denver that, you know, that's not just Chicano, but it's a day for everyone to enjoy. And uh, food trucks, there's, I heard there's going to be this dude, you know what I mean? I won't say his name, the, the full name of his food uh, truck because I don't know if it needs to be edited, but Cholo, <laughs> can you say the A word here? I, I think you should. Uh, yeah, Cholo as vegan. This this guy makes birria tacos out of hibiscus flowers. So And you which, say they're legit. I will give that. I, I'm not a foodie. I'm just a fat kid. So, you know, <laughs> you will that, give is, it the, that is fat the kid approved. Fat kid so, seal of approval. Yeah. So, uh, and uh, yeah, man, and tons of vendors. So 
I hope that, uh, oh, this year what's cool is because this is the first year we're celebrating La Raza Park Day as La Raza Park instead of Columbus Park. A huge shout out to the community that's been working for over 50 years to make that happen and also Councilwoman Sandoval uh, for helping make that change. Uh, this is going to be the first La Raza Park Day where it's we're celebrating is that, so it's a big deal. And Because uh, yeah. for folks that don't know, it was technically called Columbus Park for decades, which I honestly didn't know. I only knew it as La Raza Park my whole life until I was older and noticed the sign. So changing it to what the community has called it was a big deal. Yeah. Um, I would like to just say I have uh, I have two more people on my list, but one of them loops right into this conversation. Uh, Stella Cordova. Okay. Matriarch of Chubbies. Okay. Oh. Look at you. Responsible definitely for the proliferation of green chili as a Denver staple. staple. That's huge. That's um, a huge thing. I, I mean, mean wow. when we talk about culture, food is integral to culture. And Stella was part of creating that as something that people know about Denver. Props um, to you, Brie. Like, yeah. I mean, I was just thinking, I was like, who in the food world could we honor? And like, and uh, so Chubby's is on 38th. If you're over at La Raza Park, you can head over there later if you want. Mm-hmm. Um, it is still a happening place, day or night, to get a very spicy burrito. <laughs> One that generally messes up my stomach, but in the best <laughs> way. You have to just be ready to handle it. But um, but also she's a staple of the North Side in that aspect. Like that was Chubby's, as the neighborhood changes, Chubby's is one of those things that will exist to bring people back to the neighborhood no matter what's going on I'm just going to chime in and say that Chubby's is an annual event for me. (laughs) As I got older, I'd say I have to like really steal myself. But I got a lot of homies and and homegirls that like – they're steady at Chubby's, like my homegirl Justine. <laughs> yes, I was just thinking, I was like, Sandoval, Justine Sandoval can probably. Justine Sandoval hang. is steady up at the Chubby's, <laughs> and I don't know how she does it. Like, but. She's a heat seeker, sounds like. She got a Led Zeppelin tummy. <laughs> <laughs> jealous. I'm jealous. I wish um, that was me. And my last person on my list, mm-hmm. uh, I felt we needed to have a hat tip in some way to the mining gilded age era of Denver. Mm. So I chose Molly Brown, mm-hmm. uh, survived the Titanic, uh, philanthropist. If you Google her, there is not a picture where she is smiling. Okay. I, every picture of her looks like she's just like, is feminism here yet? Like <laughs> I'm waiting on feminism. Someone please. There's like always like men standing with her. Like she survived the Titanic and she just looks like, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> and that's my favorite part about Molly Brown is I bet she was just like, take no shits, badass lady. So what do you think about putting Molly Brown on uh, Denver's Mount Rushmore? Hey man, that's cool. Like, I mean, we only have four spots here. I, I don't know if I agree with Molly Brown on there. <laughs> She's cool and all, but I got I some great people on my list. Yeah, I, I honestly, like, I think it's pretty hard, you know, to put people up there, so. All right, well. Paul. Okay, Um. I have to start with one that you also mentioned, Ben, and I think he's Mm -hmm. got a good shot. Also from the food world, although people mostly think about him for his philanthropy, Daddy Bruce Randolph. Let's talk Mm -hmm. about him a little bit more. I read up a little bit more about his story this morning. All I knew of him was that he organized these free Thanksgiving dinners every year. Yeah, and I think he came to Denver when he was older. He was from the South. Mm -hmm. But one thing that he did was it wasn't just organizing these Thanksgiving dinners. He created these whole meals for families to come and enjoy um, 
just regardless of anything, status and economic status, just show up at Daddy Bruce's restaurant and he'll feed you. I think that's pretty incredible. Yeah, um, inspiring. Um, one little anecdote about him that I found that I really loved, and I like thinking about this as like a value of our city. Uh, he first found success cooking during Prohibition when he would empty bottles of Coca-Cola and fill them with whiskey to sell with his barbecue. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I, it's just crazy thinking about someone living through Prohibition and then, yeah. you know, that time and then going on to do something that still resonates today. I mean, we have Bruce Randolph Street. Mm -hmm. um, so I had Daddy Bruce. I had uh, Corky Gonzalez as well. I mean, for all the reasons we talked about, but also mustache. Should we, we think we might need to have a mustache mm -hmm. on Denver's the, Mount Rushmore. Okay. I mean, it would be pretty awesome to see a mustache that big. Better than not having one. Right? That's I for can't sure. grow a mustache. So. Yeah. Envious. <laughs> um, uh, the other two are, um, well, one is not really like, he's kind of prominent like from the time before Denver, like what, wouldn't consider himself a Denverite, Arapaho chief left hand. This is a guy I did a lot of research on. Oh. Um, he led a band of Arapahoes, Southern Arapahoes, mm. around mid 19th century, and then learned English and was like uh, one of the leaders of the the peace camp uh, among the Arapaho and I mean, Cheyenne. I think it's important to talk about the Denver before Denver was colonized. Yeah, that's how I feel true. about it. He uh, was a connector. He was like a bridge because he knew English. He could bring people together and facilitate conversation. I think that's really. I mean, I love that about Denver, the people who are different talk Man, to each other. Man, you went all fifth grade, like, <laughs> report grade. report card on... Paul's like, a history like, guy. On, like, you know, like... <laughs> I was like, yo, man, I'm in pop culture recent. Like, <laughs> That's why know, it's a like, good mix, you know, right? Like, yeah. Um, uh, who else? Last one, Pat Schroeder. I was going to say, we don't have any elected officials up there, and Pat Schroeder was on my list. Pat Schroeder, pretty cool lady, first woman elected to Congress from Colorado. I think a lot of people know her from that. Um, I first encountered her legacy when I was researching and doing this big project on Rocky Flats. I learned that it was her who is responsible for converting these horrible old military installations, the arsenal and Rocky Flats, of course, a nuclear weapons plant, into wildlife refuges. Mm. That was her oh, that started that. So I think that oh. whole like balancing the city and nature, that's like a nice part of, of Denver too that I would want represented. Yeah. Three-eyed fish, bud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rocky Flats. <laughs> well, what do we think here? I mean, we have some overlap, so those seem like shoe-ins to me. I feel like Corky Gonzalez is a shoe-in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we all three of us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Easy. Daddy Bruce, two of us had. Yeah, That's definitely. like, that touches on some, like, food, the food yeah. world, entrepreneurship and business, philanthropy. Okay. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I don't know. Now it gets tough. I am. I, I, I thought Stella was an amazing pick. Like, I mean, I, I really like, like that, this you know? like, North Side representation mm -hmm. as well. But not only that, it's just like when you start looking at like green chili and how it's regional to Colorado and New Mexico, like that's like, you know, when folks come here from other cities and other states, like I'm like – uh, I hear them complain like there's no there's no bagels there's no pizza there's no I'm like yo I'm like go back to New York take yourself back to New York don't come here for that I'm like food is cultural food is regional 
You know what I mean? And green chili is regional to Colorado and New Mexico. So with that being said, like it is, a, it is, it is our, you're not going to get it. You're not going to get it in, in Arizona. You're not going to get it in Texas or, or not Mexico in, no. or in Cali, on California. Like it is definitely a Colorado, New Mexico thing. Well, and it so, was, yeah. became so widespread because of people like Stella serving it in a restaurant. Like exactly. I think about this story that my friend Arnie Swenson shared with us in the newsletter about when uh when prolific and amazing uh jazz trumpeter Ron Miles passed away, he he would ride the bus on 38th and stop every night at Ch- at Chubby's and get a pint of green chili and eat it on the bus on the way home. I mean, it was just like, it's a staple food. It's another food group. It's a food group. It's a food group. So I, yeah, I'm with you. Okay. I pick, I'm still at Cordova is one of my picks. So then the, the last one. Last he, one, some kind of political leader. You want to make a case for Dikembe Mutombo? I mean, did he win any championships? You know what? None of us said John Elway, which is kind of amazing. He's on my short list. I see Ben's face like just is not, it's sour. You're sour about that. I'm <laughs> good. I'm on no comment. No comment. God bless. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. The sports thing's interesting that we don't have anyone. No, I mean, uh, Elway would be, he's like the most decorated, yeah, the most but successful he, athlete, but is he right? The, is he the man of the people? I don't. I heard the man puts ketchup on his steak. I'm just playing. That's that's false, folks. That's that's false. I, I don't. I'm just assuming. I feel like in the future it could be Jokic, mm-hmm. but it's too soon into his. It's he's not a legacy yet. He will be. I think he will be. But this is tough. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is tough. So we have Corky Gonzalez, mm-hmm. Stella Cordova, Daddy Bruce, mm-hmm. Pat Pat Schroeder. I mean, I would be happy with Pat Schroeder. I think she's I think awesome. It, I think it's great. We have a brown person, a black person, like you know, two ladies. Oh, and two ladies. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, we got a diverse little mountain there. <laughs> All right, I think that's. I it, just then. don't think that we should carve it into nature. I think maybe it should live it like at a putt putt golf or something. <laughs> I was thinking like, that too. Actually, I was thinking about this. Like some sort of installation, the way that uh, Meow Wolf or Casa Bonita has these you know built I environments. It? Where? Because I, I love this place and I, it's right over the bridge from where I live. It's going to be the Denver Children's Museum. And they, back in the day, right? Because they always like change that backyard little thing that they have over there. Yeah. When I was a kid, I remember they had like plastic like ski slopes mm-hmm. and you would like wax your skis and then oh, you were skiing yeah. on plastic. So they were giving a bunch of little inner city kids access to like what it feels like to go skiing. But huh. yeah. Cool. Maybe we could put it up at Ruby Hill. Ruby Hill. That'd be nice. Where you go tubing. Yeah. Also, can I just add Pat Schroeder was one of the main legislators behind the Family Medical Leave Act. So she did a lot of stuff for families and working moms. Yeah, like, that's kind of makes her a shoe-in. Put her on the Denver. I mean, FMLA is a big thing. Okay. Corky Gonzalez, Stella Cordova, Daddy Bruce Randolph, Mm -hmm. Pat Schroeder. Boom. Okay. Those four say Denver to you all? I think that's great. I think so. That's that's kosher. I'm happy with it. I like it. Well, Ben Chavez, Bree. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Paul. I have an update for you, Paul. Oh, yeah. Paul, I have one update. Okay, so in the newsletter yesterday, you shared with us that uh, 
you you did a little tour of Cherry Creek, mm-hmm. um, some things that you like in the neighborhood. Yeah. Tour Day Creek. And one mm-hmm. of the things was you had heard that there were these abandoned tunnels. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm here to tell you they exist, uh-huh. and I know people that have been inside of them. Ooh. Uh, my friend Thad, listener of the show, said, tell Paul I've been in the tunnels and the abandoned nightclub underneath Cherry Creek Shopping Center. The legends are true. <laughs> the nightclub is huge, somewhat still intact, and it's approximately under the Spirit Halloween and Bed Bath & Beyond just off first. And he, uh-huh. a friend of ours, uh, Shayna, if you're listening, she may have access to this, so we may have someone to get in touch with to take us to the we tunnels. we got to get down there. I'm, I'm just got- saying the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles live down there. It feels that way. So. <laughs> and we'll go hang out with them. And eat pizza. And that's all for the week here on CityCast Denver. Our producers were me, Paul Caroli, and Aaron O'Toole. Peyton Garcia writes our morning newsletter. Bree Davies is our host. Our music is by Los Mocochetes with additional mixing by Tyler Lindgren. If you haven't already, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at CityCast Denver and tell a friend about us next time you see them. You can sign up for that daily newsletter and learn more about us at denver.citycast.fm. See y'all next week.